May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. My family will tell you that as we watch movies, dig into a television series, or share favorite books, I can have trouble with tracking characters and plots. While they don't always accept it, I have a really good excuse. I mean, my 12-year-old, she and I are always have a couple teenage angsty series going, sometimes a book. My 14-year-old has so many teams and friend groups, I never know who is where and why. My husband and I do enjoy a good British whodunit film. And I always have a book going by my bedside, an audible book going in my car, and I am usually tracking several stories on Instagram and my Washington Post app. So when today's gospel reading popped up to find Jesus on a storytelling role, I thought, Jesus, game on. <laughs> if you started counting as Lauren read our gospel passage from Matthew, you heard the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is like six times. That's six stories in just under two minutes. These characters and plots may already be familiar to you. The stories are short for sure, but hidden in these gems, Jesus has crafted evocative, textured images that no doubt saturated his listeners. For his followers in first century Palestine, these six themes give immediate, known, sensory-rich illustrations of what it's like to live in the kingdom of heaven that he describes. Granted, now some 2,000 odd years later, we have to put a little work into knowing the rest of the story, for all you Paul Harvey fans out there. It is important, holy work in 2023, because hidden in these images of metaphor-rich parables, are examples of real lives led in first century Palestine. Stories worthy of the, of the disclaimer based on actual events, of dealings with mustard bushes, leaven, treasure hunters, merchants, and fish fishnets full of rejects after a back-breaking day of work. These metaphors are steeped in the real messy, often unsuccessful realities of everyday life that surrounds Jesus as he speaks. For instance, in the parable of the mustard seed, Jesus and his followers knew that these tiny seeds hidden amongst crop seeds are life-taking. As they grow, mustard seeds consume valuable water, took the harvest, and require labor that really needs to go toward providing food. 
Farmers who heard Jesus initially heard a story of futility and exhaustion. Yet in the kingdom story, life is so abundant that they have time to note the birds in the nest. It's a beautiful creation story. The bakers around Jesus knew that leaven, unlike the jars of yeast in refrigerators at home, often corrupted the bake, the bake and could rot the whole batch, causing food poisoning and kill, killing. In the kingdom, listeners would know as well that hidden in these three measures of leaven were a hundred loaves of bread, a life-giving, life-multiplying moment, and again, a beautiful creation story. For the parable of the treasure, you may have picked up that first the hidden treasure was found, then after that, the land was purchased. It's a story about a thief who was snooping around on somebody else's land, and after he found the treasure, he went and claimed it for his own. As well, merchants like the one described in the parable of the pearl, which, as you know, are hidden in oysters, these merchants were known in the first century to be scam artists. Again, a thief and a predatory one at that. Parable about the fish, which are hidden in the sea to continue Jesus's thread. We hear of people enduring back-breaking work, only to throw a lot of that work away. Everyday stories of everyday people caught in marginalized, dangerous, dubious, futile, weary lives as they deal with what's hidden all around them. Yet when these real-life humans turn toward Jesus and welcome his sacred stories as a part of their own, their lives in the kingdom are transformed into kingdom living, to lives that are life-giving, wholly valued, and loved. Theologian N.T. Wright captures the essence of these sacred stories when he preaches that God's kingdom is not an escape from the present, but rather transformation already in the present. So what do you, what do I, what do we do with this? How do we engage it? Here's a quick real life story that may resonate a little closer to 2023. This past Wednesday morning, in a setting that may be familiar to many of you, I was tucked in at my desk in that building across the yard over there. No first century sounds, seaside fishing landscapes, or ancient smells for that matter, which is good in buildings this old. Perhaps like many of you on an average Wednesday morning, I first responded to a few emails. Then I turned to today's gospel, propped on my desk, which is where my Wednesday may take a turn from yours. And as I read through the six parables and wrestled with which thread to pull from the wealth of images, 
like a divine lightning bolt, it suddenly came to me that I bet Jesus would really love Instagram. <laughs> I mean, with his, here's an image of the kingdom, and another one, and another one, and another one. By no means am I saying that Jesus creates doom scroll content. I am not saying that. But really, I mean, with all of these images, can't you just imagine his Insta feed? You could scroll Jesus' account until you connect with an image, you tap on it, and there you go, in the palm of your hand. It'd be a sacred scroll. I grabbed my phone to play with the idea and in the process glanced at my Facebook page. And there it was, a Facebook memory where I had written that my then five-year-old had just decided she wanted to be a basketball teacher, then a lifeguard, then a gardener, then a president, then a priest. <laughs> Sometimes my parenting skills aren't as bad as I think they are. I immediately remembered how each of those declarations had a sweet story behind it and saw how much joy so many Facebook friends and family seemed to experience when I shared it. Then I looked at the date and immediately thought, thank God, my story right then was hidden. Perhaps that resonates. To come full circle, it was a story that later I have shared with others who would understand it on occasion, so that we shared the fear and the weariness. And with all of that, last Wednesday morning, turned into a moment of God saying, hey, hey you, gospel story of things hidden, propped up right here. Your story of things hidden right there in your hand. God said, you see what I did there? You. Here's one of your kingdom stories. Now, go on, share it. So what do you do with these gospel stories this morning? Take this piece of paper, take these readings with you to brunch, or prop them on your desk on Wednesday morning. If you're not sure which of your scrollable images your now you know the rest of the story moment or your Instagram feed or your above the fold headline is the one you should dig into, ask God. God craves to be in communication. God is so glad you're here. God craves for you to know that your stories, complicated as they may be, are part of who you are and that you are a beloved child of God. Then, when you're ready, do what Jesus teaches us to do. 
You see, we've only talked about five of the six parables so far, where we meet ordinary folks whose challenging lives and weary toils become holy stories of the kingdom. The last parable in today's reading is where Jesus tells the scribes who understand to share the stories of the kingdom. And if you understand but are not quite ready to share your story with others, difficult as some of them may be, you can share them with Jesus because he does show you right here that he is ready for one after another. Amen.